Good evening, folks. Today you have your apathetic host, Shuk, joined by his two co-hosts. And you may not notice a whole lot of energy from me today in this pod. Um, That could reflect the mixed state about how I feel about things right now, um, as well as the up-and-down nature of the last two games that we just played. And maybe our podcast today will reflect the all-overness if that's even a word, probably not. But nonetheless, nomics. Yes, uh, a little bit of a late night arse tonight. Um, it's pretty. It's later than we usually record. It's people in the UK are dead asleep, so um, people in the US we're just getting ready for bed. And I'm actually in bed right now, so I'm thankful that this is the audio um, medium and not a video medium. And I think you look just like you normally do. So maybe you're always recording from bed. That would be news to me. FFG? Uh, Yeah, very unhappy to be here. Uh, Contractually obligated to be here. Uh, My New York Islanders just lost. I'm not in bed. I just have to watch Nomics in bed, which is a strangely erotic platform to podcast from. And uh, we're well and truly finished as a football club. So Let's get right into it. So first game, you know, 2-0, we can say Enfield, okay. This one, I don't have any excuses. We fucked up. We have, have we bottled everything? No, I don't think so. But we fucked up and we let the moment get to us, whatever you want to call it. And what is going on? Here to help me make sense of it. We'll give Nomics the first, the first headline of the night because, yeah, I'm, uh, this is where yeah. I am. My clickbait headline of the night is, he's done it again. And that goes to Arteta with these stupid subs for the second week in a row. And honestly, it this is there's no excuse. Why we're taking Jesus out in the 65th minute? Why we're taking Odegaard out when we need a goal, despite him struggling a little bit for Vieira, who has I don't think he's played for a few weeks. Um, let me just say, I would like Trossard to come in. So I'm, I'm, I'm not upset Trossard came in for Jesus. I'm, I'm more upset that Jesus got off the pitch. It, it just, it it seems like more big brain from Arteta. He, unless there's an injury concern that we're worried about. Um, party coming off at the 68th minute. Um, it, it, it's, the substitutions again, just, it's it's making my head hurt. He, you know, and, and uh, how, how much longer can we, are we going to take of this, Robbie? Because it, it, it is absolutely absurd that we're in a title push and Pep Guardiola would not be taking off his best players um, if there were if there were draw, uh, t- uh, tied with the team with 30 minutes left in the game. I, I don't know what Arteta is doing. I don't know. It, it's not load manage, management or anything like that because I know we have uh, Southampton on Friday, but it's Southampton at home. So we have to get we have to only focus on the game in front of us, and I just felt like it was another terrible performance by Arteta when it comes to substitutions. I think we need to get Dr. Raj on the podcast to rewind Party's movements and anybody else who substituted. Surely there's data that we don't see because I agree with you, Nomics. I was scratching my head, um, taking off Odegaard and Anfield. Okay, fine, I can see maybe he's not connecting, um, but here. Taking off Jesus, taking off party for Jorginho when we needed uh, directness in a game where which lacked it. I um, I seriously think there there's got to be something we don't know. Otherwise, I think Arteta is trying to change things in a scramble way, letting the moment get to him. I can't find the logic. I mean, I don't think it's Arteta who missed the penalty. I don't think uh, for Arsenal. I don't think it's Arteta who gave away the penalty. You know, two. But I'll let FFG chime in here because I think this is uh, – there's actually three people on the pod, right? So we have to remember that. It's a wild format. Uh, I think in reaction to that headline, I'd say, uh, Jesus, we know what's going on with him. He doesn't have 90 minutes in his legs. He'll hurt himself trying it. And Thomas Party got substituted off because he was dog shit. Um, an absolute dog water performance from number five got his lunch money taken by future Arsenal DM Declan Rice and spent the rest of the game trying to make up for it, playing completely ineffective football. Jorginho did more effective passing in the 20 minutes he played than Party did in the whole rest of the game, 
And uh, if anything, it should have been the J20 show earlier. We needed someone pinging those deep balls and uh, providing some form of control in the midfield because we sure as hell didn't have it. I'm going to let you respond to that, Alex. And as a, as a real intellectual, I'm going to respond to his comment with another question. Is is the substitution that should have been made Jorginho for Shaka? Because Shaka was also dog shit, and he played the full 90 to the point that he was pushed to left back. Um, so I, I know the result is Tierney wasn't great after after 35 minutes, but that's that's why I got to say, what is this obsession with keeping Shaka in for 90 minutes every game when it seems like the last few matches he's kind of been holding us back a little bit? I got to be honest with that. I agree there, FFG. Well, uh, I, I think this leads in perfectly into my headline, which is a, a blast from the past headline. Uh, circa 2021, depth-lacking Arsenal forced to rely on Granit Xhaka to play left-back in critical match down the stretch. Uh, this is the new Arsenal. This is Mick Arteta's super tricky Reds. This is a team with talent and depth to challenge Man City at the top of the league. And when push comes to shove, Kieran Tierney came off, Granit Xhaka moved to left-back. Leadership comes from Granite Xhaka and Granite Xhaka only. We've been talking since 2018. Those of us who are Xhaka defenders because we are intelligent understanders of midfield and football and have to defend Xhaka from all of the baseless attacks from English fans who only understand tackles and goals. We've been saying for years, yeah, we could replace Granite Xhaka. Maybe we should, but we still need him. We don't have anyone better. And we're still there. We don't have anyone better to come in and play left back. Frankly, if Zinchenko comes back healthy, I'd rather see Xhaka coming into left back post-Zinchenko than have Tierney come on and play that position badly again. We still need him as a leader. The, the Martin Odegaard quiet leader experiment has completely fallen to pieces the last two games. Jesus runs around like a madman, but we know he's not a vocal leader out there. And it's sure as hell not coming from any of the other veteran players. Party is silent and ghost-like at times in the midfield. It's still the Granit Xhaka show. I'd love it not to be, even as a Xhaka defender. But it's the same headline from two years ago. Xhaka at left back in a critical game. It's the same headline from four years ago. No leadership without Xhaka. And I don't know, maybe we need to give David Luiz another uh, retirement sending off celebration after one year of leadership with the squad because we still need him. We don't have leaders in this team except for the limited player who wears 34. You know, William came back to the Premier League, so I, I don't see why we can't get David Luiz back. But I, I think, you know, my headline, and we're, I'm just going to touch on FFGs because my headline after – I'll say it. It feels like lo- it feels like two losses. After two lo- emotional losses like that, I avoid all headlines. I don't go and read any headlines. I'm a weaker man than both of you. I can't handle the media after something like this. But I will say is Shuk's thoughts, Shuk's opinions, it's a, a little bit of luck is needed, right? In another world, in another day, Saka gets that penalty and and uh, opposing team misses. In another world, Ramsdale hand probably gets a little bit more on that, I think. In another world, we don't uh, concede and we win this game. If you remember Bournemouth, if you remember Jorginho's shot off of Aston Villa, off Martinez's head, there was a few close calls against some subpar teams. We almost had a slip up in that Everton period. So the cracks were starting to show. It was a matter of time before we got two draws. And there were so many variables here. Party having a bad game, as was mentioned. Odegaard disappearing in the quiet leadership. Tierney not being able to play the Zinchenko role, although he's still a good player. His role is to come on in the 60th minute, which is an Arteta mistake from the previous game. And then we, of course, have holding, which is doesn't have the ball progression that Saliba has. So when you put all those things together in this concoction of variables in this universe, you're going to get a draw. You might get a draw. You might get two. In my opinion, there's so many factors here, and some people, like Nomics, will connect with the Arteta substitutions. Others might feel differently. Let's pivot here to try to identify a, a, a vibe here. Do we think that it's a combination of all these things? Do we have what it takes to continue? 
Um, I don't see this team beating City at the Etihad. I could see us winning against those other teams that we need to beat, although there's Newcastle too. Where do we go from here, folks? Where do we go from here in this podcast too? We are finished. We are absolutely finished. No, uh, you know, I, I kind of enjoy the situation because now we're not favorites um, by betting odds. Um, everyone already, it seems like everybody's already shipped it in that City are going to win every game and they're going to win the league. Perhaps that motivates us, perhaps takes some pressure off of the, the kids. Um, but I, 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 I still think we, we're, we're a big time team. We show up in the big games. We beat... Uh, we beat Tottenham home and away. We beat United uh, home. Should have beat them away. We beat Chelsea away. We drew Liverpool away, which no one, no one else in the Big Six has done. Who am I missing from the Big Six? Newcastle. We we drew them at home. You know that was a kind of a cagey affair. Um, we, we we've passed most tests, and I think the only one we haven't passed yet is City. And I think that's gonna come. I I I do think we're gonna get a result at City. Will it be enough if we get e- even a draw? You know, I, maybe I'm projecting too far because we have a game between now and City. Uh, so I think I'm going to wait to see how we respond against Palace. But I, I, I mean, not Palace, sorry, Southampton. So, you know, I, I, I don't think we're finished, but I think we may be finished in terms of um, in terms of being in our hands. I know mathematically it's in our hands, but it feels like it might be in City's hands, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, in order to ever beat a title against City, you needed an eight-point cushion because inevitably you are going to draw some games. We're not uh, capable of winning every single game, and you need that cushion. And I I always thought from day one it's going to be extremely close. Well, not from day one, but when we started talking to table, I always knew it's going to come down to a few points, and this is what it's going to be, a roller coaster. Uh, FFG, do you you see this being – where do you see this? Uh, I, I see us well and truly finished. Um, but to be more transparent, something changed in in my brain. I come into every season for every team I support thinking, what if we won the title? And for the Arsenal, that's a reasonable thought. Uh, for my New York Knicks, that's often not a reasonable thought. But I come into every season feeling that way. I am not a stupid man. I, just, I, I play one on a Discord near you. I know that's not the same as thinking we're going to win a title. And that all changed with the 3-2 win against United. That Eddie goal went in, and I stopped thinking, I hope we win the title. What if we won the title? And started thinking, man, just analyzing this, looking at this table, looking at this team, looking at how they play, I think we're going to win the title. That changed again after that West Ham game. After the Liverpool game, I was a little downtrodden, but I still believed the belief has left me after that West Ham game. I no longer think we'll win the title, but we sure still could. Namik said it. It's in our hands. We had a cushion for a reason, and that cushion means we draw against City. We win the rest. We win the title. Is that possible? Of course it is. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. I think we're going to lose at City, but it is possible. I hope it happens. And that's maybe the most important thing. It's the hope that kills you, but uh, it's also the hope that keeps you alive. Yeah, when you look at this current team, this current team wasn't able to withstand Anfield. I mean, they tried. They, they drew. This current team was not able to withstand West Ham. From now until City, what is changing? The mentality? You're now going to be playing a more elite well, team. The Etihad is less of a fortress than it's London true. Stadium. The, there are no bubbles at the Etihad. It is player, worse atmospherically than playing at West Ham. Also, the words to the Ham, to West Ham song is just it's amazing. I don't know if you if you guys ever looked into it and like know the actual lyrics, but it's so depressing that it makes it so it, it's it's very goth. You know, it's very goth, and I love it. Uh, That's so, how they got Skamaka, the goth striker. Yeah. yeah, the empty. The, who doesn't play? The empty hat doesn't have that. Uh, they, they just have empty seats they, and blue moon, which they don't no. sell out. They don't sell out, but they have elite players at least more than the level of West Ham's players. So you're not going to be able to sit back like that for too long. It's not going to be two two anymore, boys. It's going to be like a five two if we do that there. And you know it's true. And you know you need Saliba back for that. And you know we're probably not getting Saliba back. Is he too scared? I read some comment today. Some wise man said he's too scared to take the injections. We'll get to that. But before that, folks, we do have some structure here. Do you guys have a chub of the day? 
I do, and maybe I'll jump in early because there's only one chub of the day. Gabby Martinelli is having the run-in chub of the run-in. Um, Gabby Martinelli is performing. He is providing consistency in the attack. He's providing output. He's providing more than output, though. He is consistently stretching, receiving, interplaying with Jesus, and functioning in a way that Bukayo Saka simply is not. I said a couple weeks ago that I thought this run-in would be where Bukayo Saka stamps his stamp. Um, I should have chosen a different word there. Really signs his name on the Premier League Player of the Season award. He's not done that. Gabby Martinelli has put in those performances instead. Now, Gabby Martinelli was not in a position to potentially win the Premier League Player of the Season award, so it's not going to happen. Holland's going to win it. But Martinelli has done exactly what I want Bukayo Saka to be doing and exactly what Saka is not. So you want Saka to be perfect every game? No, I want Saka to be a tenacious Brazilian with an Italian last name. Go for it, Nomix, please. Uh, yeah, I I agree with him. Um, I, I would say my chub after, but it, it's kind of funny. I kind of compare Saka, I think I'm up by seven step power rate, Saka and Martinelli to Saka is our Salah and uh, Martinelli is our... Um, our Mane, and it seems like more and more it's starting to bear bear true. It just seems like everyone talks about how much better Salah is than Mane, and but then in important situations, important moments, it was really Mane who scored those big goals and got those big assists and kind of maybe didn't look as nice on the ball or didn't get the publicity that his, his counterpart got, but was really the one carrying us in tough situations. I don't think Saka is struggling because um, because he doesn't have the mentality to carry us. I just think we just rely. He just plays too much football uh, between England, between Arsenal. He never comes off, and you know it, it's it's getting to him. And Martinelli, you know, he had the break, with not going to Brazil. He had that little spell where he was on the bench for a little bit. But yeah, I'm with you. I think Martinelli's a chub of the day. But my chub of the day, and this is a stretch, but. I really liked how Trissard played when he came on. Um, I, I think I, I, you know, I'll touch on this because I'm not going to say he's my my um, my bum of the day or slander center, but there's something about Jesus dropping back a little bit too much for my liking, and it leaves a space in the middle that we're I think we're really missing. I think we're really missing some link up play in the in and around the box. And it kind of seems like it affects Shaka as well because Jesus seems to drop in and that left eight roll to receive the ball and he wants to play in like he did against like Bournemouth away when we scored that beautiful goal. Um, and I think Trussard kind of stays more true to that position the way that he's around the box rather than trying to find the ball even deeper. So I think Trussard did a really good job. It's not me calling for him to start over Jesus. This is more just me find, tr- saying like, we got to find a way to play all four of them at some point. Um, whether that's, whether that's Trissard at left eight in certain situations, uh, maybe Southampton would be the per- perfect situation to do that in. But we need those four on the pitch. We need Saka on the pitch. We need Martinelli on the pitch. We need Jesus on the pitch. And I think we need to find a way to get Trissard on the pitch as well with Odegaard there as well. So make it five. Why, why um, not instead of Odegaard? Because Odegaard is before the last couple of weeks he was a Player of the Year candidate. He's he brings he has big moments. Um, he's a leader on the field. I think he's a silent leader on the field. Do we? What is Shaka really bringing anymore in the field? In my opinion, um, that Trussard can't bring. Um, I know, especially against against uh, Southampton, not against City. That's a different story. But against Southampton, where perhaps we need, we're going to have the ball a lot more. We're going to attack more. Um, maybe we let Party be alone a little bit in the midfield and just you know trust our attacking talent and see how we can score as many goals as we can score. So yeah, Trussard's my chub chub of the day. Um, I'd love, like I said, I just want to see him with Jesus. I want to see him with Martinelli. I want to see him with Saka. I want to see him on the pitch. I enjoy watching that guy play football. You know, you t- uh, you took the words right out of my mouth because apart from that, I Trussard was going to be mine. He's he's like a so I'll just add on to what you said. He's like a fresh coat of paint when he came on, doing little flicks and fresh kind of energy. Like I I get Odegaard vibes a little bit from him in terms of. He's one of the only other players we have out there that can kind of create something out of nothing, like take a situation, make it um, dangerous more than you'd expect to another player would in that situation. However, um, 
I think that Jesus was dropping in the middle probably because we weren't progressing the ball as much. I didn't I don't usually notice him doing that as much dropping that deep as he did before the injury. I see maybe he saw that Odegaard party our our usual distribution up to the wings isn't there, which left a hole in the front. Um and maybe he Jesus was just doing that a little bit more than usual, but I agree. Trossard, apart from that, folks, who really could be another chub? We don't really have you can't say Ben Whitey did a really good assist. I've got uh, I've got another chub of the week. You have one? Yeah, uh, message uh, it to me so I can steal it because I don't have anybody. I'm I'm gonna vocalize it instead. This is an audio medium, uh, and I just had to sit in silence while you two had the unserious conversation of Trissard at left eight. So, uh, chub of the week. Oh, not me. Alex Zinchenko. For everyone who waits to see Zinchenko make a mistake on the ball, for everyone who criticizes Zinchenko for what he lacks in defense. For everyone who thinks Sinchenko's job is to like create assists or that he should play left eight, did you see how West Ham, West Ham United, not an elite club, were able to suffocate our midfield, shut off supply to our attackers? Zinchenko is the toothpaste solution to the toothpaste problem. He is the ball progressor. He is the DM. Truthfully, he is the single pivot. He is the guy that makes it all happen, and that's why he's the chub of the week in his absence. Nice. I vehemently completely disagree. I think that was possibly the dumbest thing I've ever said on this podcast. Um, this that it that argument only works on days like Sunday where party was terrible where Odegaard stopped playing after 35 minutes because before those 40 minutes, 35 minutes, Odegaard was bossing the ball. He was finding, he was progressing the ball. Party was playing okay. Shaq was playing okay. But because it wasn't for a full 90, you can use your little, your little um, agenda of we need Zenchenko to be the everything for us, which you absolutely love. It's between that and Trissard. Um, and you, you try to stick it in there. You try to, you try to stick it in like it's kind of like when my, I'm making something in the oven and my fiance wants to make a frozen pizza and she just sticks it in there and then change the temperature to the temperature she wants because that's what her pizza needs to be done at. It's kind of like Take that over. because it just disregards what's our what was on the pitch because do we forget how bad Zinchenko was against Liverpool? Do we forget how bad Zinchenko looks in the matches that we don't play well in? Um, the midfield when the midfield isn't functioning and. and let me just straight out say it. When Party isn't playing well, the midfield plays poorly. No matter who's next to him, no matter where who's there, when he's not good, Odegaard doesn't play well, Shaka looks worse than he, he looks below mid, and Zinchenko doesn't look good either. So the answer wasn't we chub of the our chub of the day is Zinchenko because Tierney didn't play great after 35 minutes. Tierney looked good after in about 30 minutes. He was maybe he wasn't as influential as Zinchenko, but that meant Odegaard had the ball more. That meant Party had the ball more. That meant, that meant the ball was in the attacking half more. Um, so I, I disagree with their statement, and it only works in these situations when everybody in the midfield is bad. And you should be ashamed of yourself, and I'm putting up a help wanted for this podcast as we're firing this host for, for, for spreading absolute propaganda. I think uh, FFG... Like, do you want to respond to that? I have to. I have, my integrity has been called into, pre- okay. into question. Okay. I wage narrative warfare. Everyone knows it. And I'm out here in the streets, in this podcast, in the Discord near you, doing just that. I think there's a reason we saw Pep try to play Bernardo Silva at left back. I think there's a reason it took Pep half a season to figure out his four center back solution to his fullback problem. It's not necessarily about Zinchenko, the player. It's about a number of profiles of controlling type players dropping deep to receive the ball and progress it. The reason things click so well in the first half hour, because we kept the ball in the attacking third. We kept the attacks going. We sustained pressure. That's before the Zinchenko zone. That's before the area. There's a control. There's an ability to put your foot on the ball and claim control of a game. That death by a thousand passes concept but also just the ability to generate an attack from playing out the back. 
we lose that. Maybe it's not just without Zinchenko specifically. Maybe it's with no Zinchenko plus Odegaard going absentee. Because you're right, Odegaard can drop deeper. He can receive the ball more often. He's done it before. But until that day comes, and maybe it's the day we get a better, more technical, proficient, more hip-mobile left eight than Granite Xhaka who can fill some of those spaces, until that day comes, we need that from somewhere. And Alex Zinchenko is the guy who provides it. I think you're both right. I think you're both well, right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you, I just have to, he, he once again. It's his chub. Put it's his chub. You get one. This is Shuk's chub. This isn't but even my chub. This is Shuk's chub. meal Wait, is my chub. And he changed the temperature. <laughs> because, because what he did there was talk about Pep Guardiola using Bernardo Silva at, um, at outside, at, at wing back. And that was for a short stint due to injury rather than, oh, a tactical awakening. Because when Akanji, Ake, Laporte, Diaz, Rico, uh, Rico what's his name? I forget his name. The other one. Rico Henry. But he's done. Yeah, and, he's done, though. Yeah, and, um, and Kyle Walker are healthy. Um, I'll give you. Let me talk. Kyle you Walker is also done, though. So. Bernardo Silva is not playing wing no, back. Because he, he did come up with a solution, right? Because Pep did solve this problem. Arteta he's, he's will solve this, this problem eventually. Don't get me wrong. Arteta will solve this problem, solve this problem eventually. having any player by putting a player in there, but once the, he had the players, he stopped putting Bernardo Silva at wing back, and he no, put no. Bernardo Silva instead. He went to a guys, child. For the interest, at for the it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. For he the prefers the, the pod. Child. This is the late night segment. So anyways, I, I just think. wanted. I just wanted to say that the child I, is in the Zinchenko mold. I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm not gonna respond to the rest. I just wanted to. I just wanted to tell you that like, those I alternative mean, facts and yeah. <laughs> narrative pushing there. You know, I respect it. The game is the game, but come on, come on now. Let Let me interject here, to be honest, and stroke some wisdom into both of you because you're both right and you're both wrong. Um, Tierney was given us. I'm not even gonna go into Guardiola comparisons. Like Tierney was given a simple job. He can't do it as good as Zinchenko. If you notice, he passed a lot back, passed a little bit forward. Against West Ham, that should be enough when we have other proper distributors like Odegaard, like Party. They were off. You know, we didn't have that Zinchenko outlet that we usually do. But that's not the main reason that we lost. It's a factor. Like I said, it's shook soup. It's a bunch of factors here. So, or you guys can argue all podcast. I'm, I'm fine with that too. Give the people what they want to hear. We have chodes of the day, too. People forget this was my second chub of the week because Shu couldn't deliver on his chub of the week, so I don't really want to be... I don't want to be that nailed down to this one, truthfully. It's the late night pod, guys. You know, sometimes you have to improvise. But chodes, who who wants to give a chode? There's so many. Um, It's it's not chode of the day, it's bum of the day. Um... (laughs) Or we can go, or, or we can call it just Slander Center. Let's go What's just Center. happened to Slander Center? I thought we well, had well, okay, Brandon. Okay, we're going to Slander Center then. Um, my... Hold on, I have a, I have a chode though. Is it, I mean, you can just throw it into Slander Center. <laughs> I, I mean, this game deserves a chode. Unless you're game. saying you have a chode yourself. <laughs> I gonna, I, people will be it's clipping both. that from this <laughs> podcast, shoot. And using that against you, so. I have a chode. Okay, let's. Um, because, like, that was going to make it part of bum of the day. But then we just combined bum of the day to slander center. So we're going to do... Um, Share so, your chode of the day, Shuk. Let's hear it. So my chode of the day is Fabio Vieira. This guy comes in and it looked like it looked like ragdoll physics. This guy was flying. He, he didn't go for headers when he tried. Like He, he just seems timid. He, it's, he's not it. I think we can all say we thought Fabio Vieira would be better than he is, would be more ready this year. And he deserves his own category of slander centered, which is also bum of the day, which is also chode of the day. He's not it. I don't I don't think he's it. I don't think he's cut for Premier League right now. I want him to be, but it's almost like a laughable sub at that point. Uh, I think we clutter the midfield too much for him. Um he doesn't thrive in these environments where we have to, we're forcing to get a goal, and maybe that's a negative, a flaw of his. But it's also he's young and he's first year in the prem. He wasn't great, but Reese Nelson, who I am number one Reese Nelson fan, wasn't great. Um, who else came on? Uh, Jorginho was fine, but like, how much did he help us win, uh, get three points there? 
he really add anything into the attacking third, uh, which is not his game. I'm not ex- I don't expect him to. I'm just saying the midfield substitutions didn't substitution in general really didn't do much. Uh, any of them. Um, it it kind of seemed like we threw too much on at at a time, and we were lacking maybe the leadership up front of a Jesus um, and an Odegaard maybe. So yeah, I'm with you. It's tough to pick on Vieira specifically, but yeah, he wasn't great, and he hasn't been great for a month or so. So, uh, most of the season for me, I mean, he's shown glimpses here and there, but I get like Nuno vibes, almost not the same type of player. But I, FFG, do you have anything to say on that one? I just think the difference between a Nuno Tavares and a Fabio Vieira profile-wise is that you know a guy like Fabio is going to take time to acclimate to the Premier League. You give that type of guy a year, typically. The more technical, the less PNP-focused players, they have longer periods of acclimation to the Premier League. I do also agree with Nomics that we don't often play them in the right game states. I think right. we're also just not quite... It's the same thing. Honestly, this is in some ways a more coherent version of my Zinchenko argument. We don't really have anything resembling a plan B yet. We're really a plan A, plan A, plan A team. Part of that is playing total football. Part of that is dominating games. Your plan is to dominate the game, and that is all you do. But if we were bringing in Vieira for, like, Yuri Tielemans, if we were bringing in Vieira for someone who is focused on getting in the box and providing that end product as an even more end product-y focused answer to that, that's a lot easier than bringing him in for Xhaka or Odegaard, who are two guys who have big, big responsibilities in this team that aren't around the opposing team's penalty box. It just makes me think that Smith Rowe would surely, surely you would think Smith Rowe would have a bigger impact on this game than, than someone like Fabio, given what we've seen this season and given what we know of Smith Rowe. So, I mean, that's probably a whole nother conversation. Um, but I just think that when you have that Premier League experience there already, I don't know why you don't use those players. Hopefully, there's still a future for that kid because I fucking love that kid. Let's go on to Slander Center. Nomics, I know you're looking so eager. I'm going to so continue my, my narrative here. Um, my Slander Center are is the black kits. Uh, we once again had the opportunity to wear the pink kits, um, mm. and we didn't do it. And once again, we dropped two vital points i said it we should award at liverpool away on easter sunday and i some would say the reason we lost is because we didn't feel swaggy enough we went with the same kits um this past week but with black socks instead of gray socks uh at west ham and you know maybe we're just getting tired of how we look in black we were blending in too much with the average average person in the stands but this wouldn't happen with the pink kits this would not happen with the pink kits i think we all can agree with that um these black kits are beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but you know you don't wear the same outfit every your fit. You, the first day of school, you wear your best outfit, right? But you don't keep wearing it the rest of the week. You have to stretch it out, right? You have to find the right days to wear it. And we we have we wore the black kits too much. We haven't worn the pink the pink kits enough. And there there's there has to be serious questions asked by the kit man. I don't know if 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 um is it Acres is still the kit man or not. But if he's not, this new kitman has to be investigated if we're trying to throw this title. Are you trying to prove ball knowledge to the extent that you're naming the kitman at Arsenal? That's impressive. I will I will say the only reason why I knew the previous or if he is the previous kitman's name is because my roommate in college, his friend, that was his grandfather. So that's the only reason why I know his name. Yeah, I when did we last use uh see the pink kits? Does anybody know? Bournemouth away back in October. Okay, that's a disgrace. Yeah, I like the pink kit. Um, it definitely belongs at Slander Center. Uh, FFG, do you have something, someone, like what are you going to pull out of your ass this time? It's tricky. I, I feel so similarly to how I felt after the Liverpool game, except just much more dejected, that I have similar generic thoughts about our leadership issues the ship of theseus concept how we're still arsenal the last five years etc uh there's room for some bob holding slander but i don't feel like i'm the one to do it so instead i'm just gonna slander the people who disagree with me on the internet about declan rice's quality 
shame on you. He bossed our midfield. He dominated the quote-unquote unicorn Thomas party in one specific instance, but he hung with him enough to make it difficult on him the rest of the time. If you don't understand what this hulking monster of a man who runs like a gazelle through the midfield and used to play center back at a Premier League level, if you don't understand what he could provide to the Arsenal midfield, then you simply do not know ball. I think he's more technical than people give him credit for. We didn't see any world-class passes. We didn't see too much ball retention. We didn't see too much of that in this game. But slander, to those of you who just, you feel the need to go on FB ref, which by the way, I think Declan Rice probably looks really good on FB ref. You feel the need to dig into the little minutia about what a midfielder does and won't just use your damn eyeballs and see this monster of a man who does everything physically and off the ball that anyone could ever ask for for an elite midfielder in the Premier League. Yeah. I um I can't disagree. I can't disagree with that. Oh, there is a issue though. There is an issue. Yeah. Nomics. Yeah. Um let me just say that Declan Rice owning party on that one occasion comes a little bit of an asterisk because Thomas Party tried to juggle the ball over Declan Rice and Declan Rice used his hand to stop the it ball. It might have been his torso. It might have it might have went off his chest and then hit his arm which is if if, if it did then it, yeah it's not a, it's not a handball. I agree with that but I haven't seen that, that angle. That goal does get brought back if it happens again next year and Rice is in an Arsenal shirt. No doubt in my mind that goal no, gets that got goal brought gets, back if we do it. But yeah. That goal also gets brought back if they score directly from it rather than getting a pen, which is such a stupid fucking rule. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't think people have an issue with the Declan Rice more than they think that Caicedo is a better player, and I am of that um, of that party that Caicedo is better than Declan Rice and has a higher ceiling than Declan Rice and would probably I love Caicedo him. too. We need it we would, need both of these guys, truthfully. I agree. And that we he probably would cost less than I Declan also Rice. feel very confident that a lot of people have not watched Moises Caicedo play football is something I feel really strongly about. That's fair. Do you have anybody um, in particular that you want to shout out there, FFG? I, I sense you know, you have someone in your mind, maybe? It's just the masses, man. I really don't. I remember every poster on the AVP Discord uh, because that's just how my mind operates. I also remember, like, what I had for lunch, like, six years ago. What was it? Um, what did you have on lunch six years ago on Monday, April 17th? So that's, it's, not, it's not date correlated. It's, uh, it's event correlated. So, um, But probably a turkey sandwich, you know, if we're being real. Um, so I know who it is, but it's no one who needs to be called out specifically. And also it's numerous, it's numerous parties. There are a lot of people out there who a think that Thomas party is a one of one defensive midfielder, who is the only DM in the world who can play at this level. And I agree. He's having a world-class season. He's a great player. And two, do not understand. I think I did a and two, but that's okay. Two, believe, do not understand the archetype needed to succeed in the middle of the park for Arsenal, who do not understand the job of stopping transitions and receiving on the half turn, the two crucial elements of this position. So no, it's no one specific, but it is someone specific. It's many someone specifically. You know who you are, and you do not know ball. <laughs> Sorry, my yeah, heart um... came out. And uh, Declan Rice, you know how there's a thing called white privilege? I think that Declan Rice may suffer from um, what Republicans or conservatives in the U.S. would call reverse racism. Um, I think if he wasn't a white English footballer, we might rate him more highly, uh, which, you know, it happens. You know, there's some players that just don't get rated because they don't have enough melanin in their skin. You know, most of the time that would be true because most ballers in the world have some melanin in them it's very rare that they that they don't have any um and it, i think his body type reminds us of too much of shaka he's kind of that bulkier looking dude he's not the same he's taller he moves he's more nothing fit. like shaka though. right the no, way he I'm, moves, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm saying like right, yeah. i'm just saying 
if they were standing next to each other, you'd be like, oh yeah, they have they have maybe the Cylon Bob. Right. He, obviously, right. Declan Rice was a lot better. A crit, like I do hear your longer. reverse racism claims, and I answer with, but what about racism? We play in the Premier League with the PGMOL. Have you ever been worried about Ben White getting sent off in Absolutely your entire not. two last no. seasons Arsenal watching career? No. And Declan no. Rice also will never, never get sent off. The no only, way. The only, white, the only white players that you have to worry about getting sent off are those from the Baltic states for some reason. Um, if, for some reason, they're treated like they have more melanin than anybody in the world. But I want to I just touch. We need to touch on this. For slander center and i think i might i'll lay this i'll i'll, I'll throw an alley-oop up to shook um shook do you think that rob bob bobby holding is a slander center candidate tough to hate on the guy but you really can't not hate him when four game it was it fourth four games now three three, three i think it feels like a 10 games with rob holding I think he can come in. This player is born. We were saying Kiwi are to come on because Rob Holding's great for five minutes. He's the best five minutes you'll ever see. His name should be Rob Five Minutes Holding. Not 90 minutes times three with one of those being Anfield when your title is on the line. He's not. He's not a title player. Is he good in little bursts? He's good like me. Shook had him two good pods. He's the Shuk center back. That's what he's there for. Um, yeah, we we maybe can ignore Gabriel sliding in recklessly, which is what earned them the penalty. But the holding is where we should place all our slander. All of it. Nobody else. Holding's the sole reason why we lost, or at least 20% why we lost. Uh, yeah, points. I think the, the biggest issue with... Rob Holding, you know, I I don't want to, again, he, this sounds stupid, he didn't expect to be in the situation, um, and I don't think, I, I, he would always say he, he trusts himself to be in the situation all that stuff, but the club didn't expect himself to be in a situation where their, t- their top center back gets hurt from something that we no one knows exactly how he got hurt, and you have to trust Rob Holding for an extended period of time. If they knew that, they probably would have gone out and bought a real center back. and Kamiyasu? They probably banked yeah, on the true. You have the you have Tommy Asu situation where he got hurt as well. Um, so you know I don't blame Rob for for the situation we're in. Um, he's making trying to make the bet, but at some point, you know teams are figuring out that if we just lump it up into his side, Rob Holding's not going to bring it down like Saliba does and try to play. He's going to just head it back to the middle, and you can get an attack from that. And it seems like a lot of attacks start with that. It's lumping it up, trying to trying to pretend like they're trying to play over top when really they're just hoping to win the second ball. So they're cluttering up the midfield around party and um, they know they don't think pressure holding because holding's not going to bring it down. Holding can have all the time in the world. He's not going to head it backwards. He's not going to bring it down. He's going to head to the side or head to the middle. And then the, the midfield for the other teams has to do their work. And it's, 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 you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on, or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Um, and it, it seems like we should have learned from two matches ago that was going to happen. We should have learned from two matches ago plus Liverpool that was going to happen. And there's no excuse for West Ham um, for us to not know that was going to happen, especially with – was Antonio starting up front? Uh, right, he was starting up front. Yeah. Um, Antonio that was had a great thing. game, by the way, just taking advantage of Rob Holding. Yep. And just a to touch on the Gabriel penalty thing, um, Ben Mee was on Sky Sports, and he's like, I would have made the same exact tackle. And it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also it's not because in that situation, he didn't really have much contact. Uh, Paqueta was diving before he made the contact with the player. And in that situation, you have to you have to extend your leg out to try to block it, right? Like, the other situation, you're going to let a much faster player, more agile player, take a touch with his right foot and take a shot. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not a bad pen, like... Uh, uh, Gabriel had a bad pen. I think was it against Fulham this year at home? Did he give that pen up? That wasn't a good pen. I think that was, uh, that might have been this. I could be mixing up the game. That's but where he got that... his pocket picked by Mitrovic. I'm trying to okay. Think there was another game well. bad pen away. I can't remember right now. But this wasn't it. This was a tackle he had to make or try to make, and it wasn't much contact. I think if we were given that pen, we would have been reversed over VAR. Um, I I think it was that that. Not shocking, but that type of 
challenge that tends to be overturned. But yeah, Rob Holding, I'm worried. Uh, um, I we really Saliba. If you if you watch this pod, if you listen to this podcast, which I've sent you multiple DMs and you haven't responded yet, please get the back injections for City away. That's all I'm asking. Just back injections for sitting say City away. You can do it. Come on, you have no World Cup this summer. You have plenty of time to rest. So FFG, I'm gonna actually give you another slander, but before that, I really want to explore this Rob Holding thing a little bit more. So FFG, you are playing football manager. Yeah. You're, you've borrowed Shook's PS5 because you don't have one. And so you're I, borrowing I his. do, and I have a gaming PC to play Football Manager on Shook. No, no, it's this version's only on PS5 because it's Shook's edition, and it has Arteta. What do you do? Is holding this much of a problem? Do you do a three at the back with Tierney? Do you Galaxy Brain it? Do you Pep Guardiola Champions League three at the back? What 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 do you do? Do you play Rob Holding against Haaland? Do we need to see this massacre? What do you do? I'm so, going to let you finish when I stop asking. What do you do? So, the thing is, is we've seen Holding iterate on his mistakes from previous games. He saw how many second balls we lost against Liverpool, so he started heading the ball out of bounds and giving away throw-ins instead. It's not like his meltdown against Tottenham last year. It's not like back when Cedric Suarez wasn't in the screenshot of the goal because he was pushed so far upfield. It's more like when Cedric Suarez would just get absolutely skinned by an attacker and you would go, he's doing his best. It's just not good enough. Bob Holding is doing his best. He's not making egregious mental errors. And I mean, that was kind of tongue in cheek that he's learned that from our last second balls and gives away throw-ins instead. But it's also the truth. I think he's genuinely trying to solve the issue. The center of the issue is that he's not fast and he's not technical. And those are the two things that William Saliba absolutely positively is. So I think Rob Holding is doing absolutely his best. He's doing better than I anticipated he would. Better than I'd even hoped. And it's just really not good enough. So if I'm in football manager... I'm logging on. I'm PC. I actually don't really play footy manager. I played it one year in college, and I did play like a 1,000 hours that year, but uh, I've moved on FIFA since works then. for this example, I think. I also don't play FIFA. I played that one year in college the next year and also lost a 1,000 hours that. I also watched a lot of Spencer FC that year, so it was really grim on the FIFA front for me. Uh, I am going three at the back, especially for Man City. I think I'm going, I think I'm going tyranny- Gabrielle White across the back line, I think. Uh, I mean, this is all outrageous and hypothetical, but I do think this is an issue, and I do think there are, at least in the world of football manager and video games, there are solutions to this. So I think I'm going for those three across the back line. And then, hey, we get uh, we get all four guys out there because we're playing two at the top, which are Sardin Jesus. Saka and Martinelli are inverted wingbacks. And uh, pick your favorite midfielder. We have uh, Odegaard probably in the front of the base. And then we got, I don't know, Party and Zinchenko, Party and Jaka, Party and Jorginho. Pick your favorite pairing. And uh, we go for that. And we pray it works. And we won't do that at all because this is not football manager. But that's damn well what I would do. Do you have Zinchenko back or no? uh, Zinchenko, I think, is a midfield option in this situation. Yeah, you you could pair him with Party. It's not Arteta. It's just not Arteta, but I love it. Yeah, you have a you have a slander too. Do you have another one? Or Nomics? Do you do you maybe want to touch on that? Like, would you play it differently, or would you keep using Rob Holding since he was your initial? I don't, pick? Think, we have a, I don't think we have a choice. Um, I think it has to be Rob Holding. Uh, as long as Saliba's out, we saw how bad Kivior was against Liverpool, um, which is pretty fucking bad. Uh, and then. You know Arteta's not going to move it around to put someone at right back and then Ben White at center back. It, it because if he does that, he, it, it just shows be. Rob holding that we've lost complete trust in him. Uh, and I think Arteta's more of a vibes guy than he is um, worth willing to risk this whole title for uh, or try to win the title for. I think he'd rather keep the vibes and continue this this project we're building. Um, but yeah, it's. Just, it's probably going to be the same lineup this weekend, or Friday, should I say. If he's Friday. a vibes guy, what about Smith-Rowe's vibes? What about um, Smith-Rowe, 
pieces. As, I as do like have in the... some inside info on Emil Smith Rowe, actually. Oh, you have still... inside info? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you guys know I don't have any connections in the Premier League. Um, <laughs> but I I know a lot of media types without risk of doxing myself around the United States. And through those connections, I have found some MLS links for Emil Smith Rowe, not the league in general, just two specific teams Chicago Fire FC, DC United FC. Keep it tuned right here and go to nandos.com to look up US-based Nando's I gonna, locations. I was going to say that. I was like, huh, you know, the only two locations in the US with the Nandos. Hmm. I will say this Just is Just something pitch. to keep in mind. I may or may not live in um, in Chicago, uh, doxing myself, um, but we do have four Nando's locations in Chicago and... Um, Emil Smith Rowe, if you, I have an extra bedroom if you need it. Uh, we can be best friends. I can, I can get you on my fitness plan. Um, I live across you from Equinox. We'll go there together. Uh, we'll fix that groin. You know, I have two dogs that'll like you, and we'll order Nando's every Friday night. Me and my fiance do that. We watch TV. So, um, no, but Emil Smith Rowe is, he's in what we like to say the gutter, um, the gutter after, uh, after between fall and december when it's it's just filled with gunk something is not right um i i'm number one reese nelson fan and i completely agree that he should have came on but when arteta is putting reese nelson on before emile smith rowe and emile smith rowe isn't even warming up we might have an issue we may have a big issue we may have to um, scroll back in our text. A, a dude's gonna have to scroll back in his text messages. The the text that Villa sent him a year and a half ago, two years ago, that he never responded to, and reply. Oh, you, st- yeah, fifty million. Yeah, go ahead. We we'll accept that. We'll accept fifty million. Um, kidding around because I haven't given up on him. I I think Emil Smithrow is maybe playing a bit hesitant because he's scared to get injured again, and it seems like that's perhaps what Arteta is suggesting in his in his interviews not recently but in the past that he kind of hasn't he hasn't gone to that next gear that they need him to go we've seen jesus have fucking knee surgery and then come back and he's already on the pitch and starting matches um we i'm sure saliba if he if he's trying to push to get on the field and if he has surgery he'll be back the first day he's available and i think our just wants him to be like hey emil um are you serious about this football thing like you got to take a risk we'll take care of you if you get hurt uh, so I'm a little concerned about it. I'm a little concerned about it. Uh, we could really use him right now. I don't want this year's already a wash for him pretty much, but he could ha- he could still have a moment like Reese Nelson. He could still have a moment. He's that good of a player. Um, and let's hope maybe it's City away that we need him and that moment comes. Yeah, I'm surely surely he can have a he can have a moment. Um, we're gonna look ahead to the following week maybe in the next pod, but FFG, do you, do you have anything to add as we wrap up here? Just that even though I slander MS Smith-Rowe constantly, uh, he is not just one of my favorite players, he is my favorite player on this squad, yeah. and uh, I would love for him to get right, so I, I hope it's true and he climbs his way out of the gutter. It's He's too good of a player to not even get two, three minutes. Something is not making sense, and we're, we're forced to speculate. I don't know if your MLS things is bullshit or not. I've been pranked many a times before on this pod. Shook, that was I, a bit. I, I would like to clarify. That was a bit. Okay. We have real ITKs who listen uh, to our pod, not just my mother. And with that, I want to do our closing rant of the day. Why are they called West Ham? Where's the ham? 